Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. What's happening, Rob? Not much. How you doing, buddy? How was your weekend? Well, uh, weekend was good. I went Did to a movie. Think? Went to a movie, man. So You yeah. went to a cinema. I mean, you went yeah. to a movie. Yeah, uh, actual cinema. And uh, so I'm in heaven, man. It's, uh, you know. Now, it's, you know, um, I'd say they do a really good job of spacing everybody out and everything. And it's one of these movie theaters that you can call ahead of time and reserve your seats, which I don't like. I've talked to you about that before. I do not like that system at all. No, but, I, uh, uh, the last time I went to the movies, they said, uh, you know, I just said two adults, whatever. Yeah. And they said, oh, you got to choose your seat. And I was like, I'll, you know, I'll choose it when I, yeah. When I walk in the, <laughs> when I'm, I choose mine Absolutely. in the dark. Yes. I don't want to sit next to some Yahoo. You don't know what kind of a scallywag is going to be sitting next to you. Absolutely right. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit next to anybody. In fact, <laughs> if I, I see why Elvis Presley did, if I was like, like super rich, I would, uh, I would never go to the movie theater with everybody else. I just reserve it for myself. Maybe I'd bring a guest, one guest, but they'd have to sit like 10 seats away so we can enjoy it together. But yeah, I have a real problem with people talking to the theater, man. It's one of my biggest pet peeves because I, when I go to the movies, Rob, I mean, I, I just want to be zone out and enjoy the experience. What'd you say? I saw Unhinged and uh, with Russell Crowe. It was about road rage. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> It was uh, it was pretty. It was okay. The, the, more than anything, it was just getting out, which was nice. So Eileen's not going to be on the call today. Usually she monitors us for good behavior, but she said I can't make the call. But whatever you do, don't bring up diarrhea. So Rob, yeah, no, no poop don't talk. Wanna, don't want to talk about diarrhea. Well, and I don't think we talked about. I don't think we talked a lot about that. So I was surprised no. that. Uh, no, no, uh, no loose stools. Yep. No backdoor trots. No, of, col no colonoscopy pictures. Yep. Nothing on Montezuma's revenge. She def definitely wants us to stay away from those. I'm not going there. No. I'm, I'm going to let you take the heat on that one. No, not going to yeah. talk about the runs or nothing. We're going to. We are going to talk about wood filler. Well, you forgot to ask me how my weekend was. Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. Well, you know why? Because 95% of the time, I always ask you about you and your weekend. You never, you never ask me about mine. And I just wanted I, uh, this to be about, listen, for I, once, I wanted this to be about me. Remember that, you know that song, Toby <laughs> Keith song? Yes. Yes. Well, just once I wanted I to I want to talk me. about me. I want to talk yes. about I. I want to talk yes. me, oh my, oh my. Yes, yes. What I think, what I like, what I want to see. <laughs> All right. Do I, I get some singing in? Well, Toby <laughs> Keith. <laughs> How's your weekend? I'm still like I got to come clean, everybody. Okay, I do a lot of busting Wayne's chops about the floor that he's working on in his house that his wife keeps bugging him about. But uh, I am still working on my deck. Really? How big is your deck? How big is my what? Your deck. You mean like the length or the width? Yeah, the, the the both. Cause you've been on that for a long time. That deck. It's a big deck. Let me tell you, it's a big okay. deck. All right. And I wish it was bigger. Really? Yeah. 
you guys have a lot of fun with that deck. <laughs> we have a tremendous amount of fun with that wow. deck. Yeah. Well, the deck never gets old. As soon as I got done, Pauline goes, I wish that deck was bigger. Really? Yeah. That's and I was like, yeah, I thought this was all we could handle. But nope. is one, yeah, she That's wants a, big, a bigger deck. You want to give it to her? Right now, it's 36 by 12. That's a big deck. That's a huge deck. Yeah, that's a really big deck. It's enormous. I, yeah, yeah. But I kind of wish that I had gone 16 and tw instead of 12. Well, you got the grandkids and, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. So, yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm glad I'm you're almost done. I'm, I'm down to the, I'm down to the railings on the staircase and then, then she's done. I'll do that next year. <laughs> Put that off. How's the floor coming? It's done. I mean, it's uh, just got to be put in, and uh, uh, the medallion's just got to be put in, but everything else is done. Sanded. Got it. I mean, you got, then I got to sand it, but uh, uh, the bulk of My God, done. you sound so much like me. How's the deck coming? Oh, it's done. Yeah. Well, besides that, do rail. the railings yeah. inside. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. That was a customer's house. You'd have it done, you know, six months ago. Yeah. Well, the mechanics are always driving around with beater cars because they're always always working on someone else's can't get to their own. Right. As soon as people sat down and had a meal on the deck, I'm like, all right, I'm done. This is it. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's functional. Over. Yeah. So, Rob, we're going to talk about wood filler today, and I understand. Uh, well, you 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 know this uh, wood filler better than anybody. I mean, you want to kind of talk about the uh, where we're at right now. Well, the Bona Pacific wood filler. I think what we finally figured out is. Some people want a filler that they can trowel and other people want a putty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely, I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, with all the, all the trowel filling you did on those 516 floors, did I said it right this time? Yeah, 516 yeah, floors? Yeah. yeah, you didn't say 3H. Yeah, you got it yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't say 3H because yeah. I had another guy call me and say, it's kind of insulting when you call yeah. it a 3H when it's a 516. Absolutely right. I said, all right, I'll just keep apologizing to everybody for that. <laughs> but I think what we finally got, and I, I know for a fact because we've used it, we're getting a lot of great feedback from guys, is we have finally found the balance of having a, a product that does both, that you can fill and use as a putty. That way you're not trying to carry around two buckets of you know, the different things where everything can be done with out of the single bucket. Yeah. And I, uh, I talked to my brothers and I talked to Jeremiah and I talked to some of the other guys around the, the country that are using it now and uh, feel like it's a home run. So pretty excited about that. What do you guys talk about uh, when you talk about wood filling your classes? And, and I've talked about it before that uh, uh, different parts of the country, I was really surprised to see how different guys feel about wood filler. Uh, when I started going to all the schools around the country, talking to different guys. And, um, you know, we, we trial fill pretty much every job in Northern California. All the new installs, sand and refinish jobs, we trial filled almost every single job. The only exception is if it was a 516th floor that was on a bad subfloor that had a lot, of, a lot of lateral movement. But other than that, we trial filled everything. And um, I know some guys spot fill. We didn't spot fill. We, we did 100% of the floor. And the reason being is we were very fortunate. We didn't have the humidity swings. And, and I, I totally understand in different parts of the country that uh, 
you know, you don't really want to trial fill all your floors, right? Because you know it's going to pop out because of the because of seasonal changes and that type of stuff. But um, yeah, so it was an education for me. But when we trial filled, and I've said this before, we trial filled a little differently than a lot of people do. And I'll just share it with people. And, and, and a lot of guys probably won't do it. If, you know, maybe it won't mean anything to them. But when we trial filled, we usually did it after the first pass of the big machine. Okay, so let's say your first pass is with 50 grit. We would 50 grit the floor. I usually I got a buffer on the job because it's handy. I'm going to you know, gonna need it anyhow. I would put a, a screen on it. Maybe it's a 60 grit screen or something. Whatever, doesn't matter, use whatever. And I would just do a real quick screening. I mean, just burn through it really quick. And then vacuum it and trial fill. And the reason for that is when you sand the floor, when you rough the floor off, if you were to take that floor and look at it under a microscope, you see all the fuzzy hairs that come over and they're going over the cracks and what have you. And, and also it's rough. And as you're trial filling, you're getting that kind of that, some of that sawdust and everything in with your, with your, uh, with your trial line. And it becomes more difficult to trowel and it, trowel, it dries out your filler more. Uh, but by just hitting it real quick, with it, which really a thousand square feet, you can buzz through it in no time. Then we would do the vacuuming and then we would trowel fill. And then when you trowel fill that way, it's like a Cadillac, man. It's smooth, it goes nice and smooth over everything. It glides a lot easier. You're, you're, you're gonna go farther. It feels much better. You're not picking up all that gunk that you would normally pick up. So that, I think it's a really nice way to trial field floors. My opinion, what we did for a long time, my brothers probably still do it. Well, it's funny you said that because that is one of the um, one of the new improvements that we made to this filler is there's a lot less clogging when you're sanding. So so you can trial fill later on on the job where you know before guys were trial filling right after the first cut because they wanted to be able to cut it off yeah. without yeah. clogging too much or they could get still get aggressive. But now with the less clogging formulation of it, it's much easier to sand, sands off much better. So that's good to know because what I would prefer to do a lot of times is to is to trial fill before I say my hundred grit pass. But you're always about the worried about the the fine paper being able to take out the take off the filler. Exactly. So, right. So yeah, so that's good to know. Yeah, because that's what they were trying to achieve is what you were just talking about when you're trial filling them to make it nice and smooth and glide and everything. So that was definitely one of the things. Uh, they've done their homework here with this new formulation. You know, they looked at a lot of different things, talked to a lot of different people, put this in the hands of uh, tons of contractors and really started to listen to what everybody was saying. Good. Uh, what colors? Well, you have uh, one, two, three, four, six colors. Okay. You have the maple, ash, pine color, white oak, red oak, cherry, walnut, and Brazilian cherry. And you can mix them, obviously. All. Yep. You can add trans tint to all of them. Can you really? Yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. You that. can actually add a little bit of dust too if you really want to dial in the color. Mm -hmm. You know, take some nice fine sanding dust, add that in. Whenever you're mm -hmm. adding the sanding dust, it's going to thicken it a little, so you can also add water too. So okay. you can add a little dust and water to really dial in the color. Now, I have a question for you. Yes, you sir. know, back in your heyday, mm -hmm. I remember Brazilian cherry was everything. Is there that much Brazilian cherry still being laid out there? Um, no, not not near to the extent it was in the old days. Yeah. Um, remember not, the, the 90s? Yeah. It was like every, it? Brazilian cherry was everything. Every Every kitchen remodel we did, 
back in California. He had granite countertops, uh, American cherry cabinets. He's a lot of times Brazilian cherry floors. I mean, and, and, and all stainless steel appliances. And you always go in and go to see him wow, this looks fantastic. Wow, yeah. very, oh, this is so unique. Are you going to hate said, this in 10 years? If I, if I said the word, if I said that your project was so unique so many times <laughs> that they, they, that by definition means they're not unique. But that way, I got so tired of looking at the same, same formula all the time. Yeah. But uh, okay. we're not, don't all right. wait a minute. Wait, 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 go back to that. When you would say to somebody, wow, it's so unique. That meant to your brothers and everybody that it is the least unique thing you've ever seen. In exactly. Your life. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It's amazing how alike you and I are. I'm going to give a bell for that. <laughs> when I would say to a homeowner, when my partner and I would start a job or walk in or, or whatever. And when I would say to the homeowner, did you design this house? <laughs> and they go, Oh yeah. Yes, I wow. did. Absolutely. And I'd be thinking, yeah, I can tell you design yeah. this house. I've never seen more stupid rooms, wasted space, long, stupid hallways that lead to nowhere or, a, you know, 12 by one closet or whatever. Yeah, I know you designed this house. And that was uh, that was my buzzword. And, and my partner would sometimes have to look away because then I'd be really, you know, just gushing it on, you know. Yeah, Man, if I up. ever do a house, I, I might call you. I might, you know. <laughs> And you don't do this professionally? You're kidding me. <laughs> because this, this, this is spectacular. This little five by five reading room here, uh, you're going to get a lot of use. You know, the one at the end of that 19 foot hallway. Yeah. Because, because libraries are coming back. Especially the five by five library. Yeah. It's a library I mean, of comic books. This whole putting all your information on the internet, that's going to go away. Yeah. This cell phone has more information than uh, everything in the Library of Congress. But that you, is so but, but, awesome. That just but, brought back some good memories. Boy, this but you, kitchen is so unique. Yeah. But you do you. You designed this house. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, Wayne, one of the big things that I have when I'm doing the schools, uh, especially when regionally, okay, if I'm doing a school in Florida, everybody would fills. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, everybody, that's just part of the job, you know, and I remember you saying the same thing. You working in California, everything got filled. The issue that we have up in the Northeast is, uh, you know, whether to wood fill or not wood fill, to trial fill or not trial fill. You know, we're a firm believer. I was always a firm believer of spot filling, cracks, butt joints, nail holes, things like that. But I really tried to stay away from a, a full trowel. And you, it, what I tell people now is you can do a full trowel, but you got to watch where you're doing it. It's the seasonal gaps that are going to kill you, I think. But the other thing that it's come down to, especially doing business up here, it got to a point where I really tried to educate homeowners on what their floor, what's going to happen. And when somebody would say, I want all these cracks filled, I'd be like, you know, you got some really, you know, this is an old house. You got a lot of movement, you know, wood fill. There's a chance that some of this might pop out. You know, you really educate them to the point, but I have a lot of students that will tell me from the Northeast, like, yeah, I've told them that. 
but they still want it. I said, well, if that's what they want and you've told them, then you got to give it to them. Well, yeah, with maybe a caveat. So, uh, and I, you said the right thing. I mean, you, you hit on it is that you got to educate them. Uh, this, I'll give you a good example. If you look at the city of Nashville, Nashville over the last five years in particular has been a huge boom. I mean, there's all kinds of people moving into Nashville and they're coming from California and, and, and New York and different areas and they're buying these big, beautiful homes. And um, their, their expectations are that you would trial fill all their floors. And if their expectations are here and you never talk about it, you stand and refinish the floor and you don't trial fill it because you know in your mind it doesn't make sense to trial fill it, but you didn't have that conversation, then you've set yourself up for a, an uncomfortable conversation down the road. Um, we've and, said uh, that how many times in the show have we said that that is the tough way to have that conversation after the fact? Yeah. All these yeah. hard to have conversations are so much easier at the start of the job. Yeah. Not when you're trying to go in and get a check. Yeah. Don't leave anything to chance because that could have been a conversation that was very easily to understand at the beginning, but now you have to talk to someone who's got their heart broken. Uh, that this is the way you did, this is why it happened. And so, like you said, I mean, it would have been so much easier conversation up front and uh, rather than after the fact when you're trying to pick up that check. So, and there are very le legitimate good reasons not to trial fill the floor at times and, and especially based on regionally. But like I said, look look how much this, this you know, America's on the move, man. People are, you know, moving from all over from the North to the South, different regions and they had, you know, the different expectations and you just got to make sure you're, you know, it's funny. You said that, uh, you know, people are moving. I just heard a country singer the other day said, I mean, look at everybody who's moving to Nashville mm -hmm. and he goes, and you know, they're coming to Nashville from all over California. Tech. Everybody's moving to Nashville. And then he started. So listen, if you're moving to Nashville, I want you to learn how to drive. Wait a minute. People, did you hear that? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't hear that, but I have some room to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Why? They, I, I, okay, I have to say this. I, I don't want to make anybody mad in Nashville or in Tennessee. Yeah, I love everything about it. But there's one thing I cannot get used to, man. When the light turns green and you're making a left-hand turn, for the love of God, move out into the intersection. Move halfway out in the intersection. There are times like three cars can get by, but it seems to be the norm here that when the light turns green and it's, they're going to make a left, nobody moves. Nobody moves until it's completely clear to go through. And there are times when nobody gets through the light. And I lose my mind over that, man. And I used to go around everybody, and everybody thinks I'm the bad guy. That's Southern hospitality. Well, oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. By all means, please. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Now, here, up in God's country, waiting for that green, you hear motors revving. Yeah. I, I've been in New I'm, York. I'm making that. Uh, you watch me. You watch. Tires are squealing. Not only am I going to make the left-hand turn, I'm going to do it before the other guy gets a chance to get off the line. Right. Well, the problem is, is that other guy off the line is going, I ain't going to let him beat me. Well, he's listen, driving his engine too. But that's just how, the beauty of the Northeast. Here's how I would drive in California. Here is my rule too. I'm driving down the road. 
if somebody puts on their indicator to, to get in my lane, you got three blinks of that light to be making that move over. If in three blinks of that light, you haven't made your move to get over, I'm closing ranks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to wait for you to, okay, I, 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 it looks like I can get over. Okay, it looks like he's going to let me over. Uh, no, you got three, boom, boom, boom. You're not coming. I'm gone. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. Now, some people think that's aggressive. But I no aggressive is northeast when the guy puts his blinker on. Well, you you can blink to the guy behind me. Um, yeah, yeah. you see that blinker coming on. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why cars are made to go over seventy five miles an hour. Yes, just for that yes, reason. Yes. Okay. That's a good call. And yeah, and that's well, just the way it is. That's just it's not being mean. It's not being obnoxious or anything. It's oh no, not it's at all. survival of the fittest here. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. It's the when I was in driving in New York City and I'm sitting at a stoplight and before the, it even turns green, they start honking at you to go. <laughs> it hasn't changed yet. And I'm getting the, the horns honked. I'm aggressive, man, but that's out of control. They're just waking people up. Okay. Yeah. They're just waking people up. You see somebody with that head down, like they're on the phone. Oh yeah. But that's, you turn yeah. into an assassin with that horn. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling 911 on you. You're not supposed to be looking at your phone. Move. All right, Wayne. So everybody, I talked to the schools, uh, especially in the areas where, you know, it's almost like from Wisconsin over east is mm -hmm. where, you know, you really see a lot of movement, you know. Um, and I'll tell everybody, you know, you've got to watch the seasonal gaps. You know, those are the ones you kind of want to stay away from. Um, unless you're doing craft oil, craft oil is to me, it's gotta be a full trowel and it's kind of what we recommend. No, I totally get that. Um, with craft oil, I can see having the, having the trial fill everything first when you're using the oils like that, that makes sense to me. So how about, how about the way, I mean, to me, the, the role of wood filler is a couple things. One is, you know, you want it to fill the, the cracks, obviously. And the other is, um, that you want it to match. You want the colors to be right. You know, there's no, there's nothing worse. And then, so also do you say to yourself, okay, like you mentioned Brazilian cherry, am I matching the floor now? Or am I matching what it's going to look like down the road? Because if you've ever seen, a, you know, when someone comes in and puts a wood filler on uh, and then, then, you know, a year goes by, the wood filler hasn't changed color, but the species has. So that's another conversation that you want to, you want to consider having is, okay, am I matching it now? Or am I matching down the road? Is it going to be a little bit dark right now? But down the road, it's going to make sense for the longevity of the floor. And I, I think that's also a conversation that that is worth having with the homeowner. We're going to err on the on the on the dark side right now, and there's a reason for that, because your floor is going to and now it's going to over time it's going to it's going to develop a beautiful, rich, dark patina. Doesn't that oh, sound a whole lot better? Ah, that's sexy. That patina. Absolutely. There's yeah. that word. Yeah. Oh, that's. You yes. craftsmen throw that patina word around like a gunslinger, man. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, you know what else they've really improved on? And to me, this is everything. Uh, how many wood fillers have you used that you had to wood fill maybe a second or third time because of shrinking sink? Yeah, yeah. Shrinkage is a uh, is a real is real. <laughs> Shrinkage is definitely real. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But that is one of the things that uh the new formulation 
really took a look at was how much of a sink that you're going to get. So you don't have to go back and retrial throw yeah. or re-putty, butt joints, splits, cracks, nail holes, things like that, which so is I, huge. I mean, you, you yeah. don't want to do this twice. I, I judge every wood filler against 516's flooring. I think that's the real test of a wood filler because you're, you're, all the nails are on top of the floor. And, you know, they're usually set about an eighth inch deep. So you're, you're going to see, if there's going to shrink, you're going to see it there. And, um, and also the color is going to show more on 516 than a dual on a TNG floor. So I think it's, that to me is the, um, that's the, that's the, you know, that's, that's the ultimate test to me. So for, for and, and not, not having a filler that shrinks real bad, that you have to go through and do it twice is, is huge. That's a game changer. Yeah. And of course, being a Bona product, Green Guard certified, less odor with this compared to some of the others, which is another one. When you get face down in this stuff, you know, you don't want something that's blasting you in the face. We talk about trial filling for the obvious reasons for, uh, for, uh, you know, to hide cracks. What, what's another reason somebody might trial fill? One is contaminants, right? There may be contaminants in the, in the, in the cracks, down, you know, what have you. So um, uh, I think that's, that's a good reason to also trial fill the floors. I think also um, for your sanding line to, to see, to see your, your sanding path. A lot of guys uh, will trial fill and it makes it easier to see where you've gone. You know what I mean? And if there's any high spots or low spots that you may have missed. Any overboard that you didn't you didn't see on a butt joint, for instance, um, I think wood filler can also kind of telegraph and show every. You mean end, you mean to tell me that not everybody walks around with a Johnson stick? Got to have the Johnson stick with a crayon, man. High spots, low spots. Yeah. Also, see where you're going, see where you've been. But you know the trial film does the same exact thing. Well, what about grain fill, Wayne? Wayne, why don't you talk to us about grain fill? Okay, so when you say grain filling, grain filling is different than, than trowel filling. Uh, grain filling, you would take that and you would really thin it out with water. Get it really soupy, soupy thin. I mean, like, like, a, like a, almost like a milkshake. And trowel fill the floor with that. And what you're trying there to do is fill the grain, especially like on red oak that has a big open porous grain. That's different than, than trowel filling. There was a time in my life that I thought I'm going to start grain filling on my floors because you you get that floor just like like a tabletop perfectly i mean just filled and flat and everything and it's gorgeous but we got away from it in short order but one thing when you do grain fill um well back back in those days we would hard plate it off and to try to keep it in there and not rattle back out and everything um but if you miss any areas at all and, and it's hard to see if you missed it grain filling um it's going to shoot, you'll see shadows, you'll see the filler kind of show through uh, under with a stain or something on there. So, and it got to be more trouble than it was worth for us. And it just made the, it was just, nobody noticed it. I mean, we noticed it, the other people wouldn't notice it. So we got away from green filling altogether. If a homeowner had ever asked me and no homeowner ever did, you know, can you fill the grain? Yeah, I'm going to fill it with satin poly. It's going yeah. to be completely filled. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, uh, what, a lot of, what some guys will do before they, I, I talk about vacuuming before troweling. Some guys will take the, uh, the uh, uh, Tampico brush to really get a good, do a good job of getting all that 
dust out of the cracks and everything so you could do a, a better job of filling the floor. Uh, works really nice as well. There's another reason to trial fill also as it, as it retains the bleed back, right, on your stains. Now, bone up stains really do a fantastic job of not bleeding back. But uh, if you're going into some of these oils and, and stains that you're worried about bleed back, uh, filler can also help you in that regard, right? Yeah, and the great part about the filler too is it accepts the stain just like a real wood. Mm -hmm. So you won't see it. It just blends right in. No, it's uh, this. I, I, everybody is high on this product. Uh, I know in product management, when they we came out with this formula, it's been uh, very well received. So very good. So, uh, Rob, for op large open knots, a, a lot of guys will, you know, if it's intended to be, that's another conversation. We talk about expectations. Do I want the knots opened or do I, do I want them filled? And a lot of guys use different techniques for filling, but that's almost a different, there's, there's other ways, like guys will use epoxy for, um, for filling knots, Bondo. Bondo works real well for filling knots and come back and paint them. Uh, I know some guys will put uh, crush up glass and put that in there for a different look and then fill it with epoxy. I think you mentioned to me about Todd Schutte talking about using uh, uh, coffee grounds uh, for darker color ones with epoxy to fill fill the uh, knot holes. You know, that reminds me um, uh, when we used to patch bowling alleys and, you know, the head section of the bowling alley where you're dropping the ball, the first 30 feet is maple and it's four inches thick. So sometimes you got to patch a board. So you can't take a four inch board out, you know, so you take out about an inch. But the issue that you run into is every day, you have um, oil put on the lanes. Every single day they oil the lanes. So after a while, the wood starts to get soaked with oil. So if you're taking oil and what it would do, it would turn the head section of the bowling alley red. So a lot of times when you go bowling or whatever on an old wood lane and you see all that red, it's still maple, it's just been soaked with oil. Now, now we got to rip out a board because it's busted or whatever, and we put in a new patch. So you're putting in a brand new piece of maple, correct? So what mm -hmm. do you think that's going to look like? It's going to be like snow white. It's red and white. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So my dad had this idea one day. Now, we used to just say, well. <laughs> Over tough. time, it's going to catch up. That, that nothing you can do about it. You know, it is what it is. But sometimes it would be quite the eyesore. So we had this job where it was a 60-lane place. And we're putting like four or five patches in every single lane. And the guy had mentioned that. So my dad comes up with this great idea. I'm going to get a tea bag. I'll make tea with it. And I can stain it. Now, he was right on the money. All right. Yeah, tan and the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was brilliant. Okay. Mm -hmm. The only problem was we had like, 250 of these 18 inch patches oh man that's a lot of tea yeah you know that's a that's a lot that's of tea. a lot of tea yeah wow so <laughs> my, my uncle just ran down the hardware store and he got like you know a red stain or whatever i forget whatever it is that he got but my dad was bent bound to term to show everybody that no tea bags is the way to go <laughs> for for getting this to blend the all-natural tea bag. Yeah, uh, that actually worked with uh, tannin and white oak uh, uh, tea. So did they you do it to do that? No, but I've read about it. 
So I've never fooled around with it, but I, I, I read that that's uh, one way. You, you see, uh, my dad was way yeah. ahead of his time. Yeah. He was ahead yeah. of his time. Um, do you like bowling? Um, no, probably not. Uh, I can't stand bowling. <laughs> you know why yeah. I don't like bowling? I can't wait to hear. It, it's a horrible game for a perfectionist because if I'm three in, you know, three, three, what, three lanes in or what, a three, um, Frames in, three frames, right? And I and, and I bowl a crappy one. Well, it's over. It's ruined now. I can't get a perfect score now. So I, you know, I, I don't like something where you, all right, well, you you're into it, and already early on, it's not going to be perfect. I can't do this. You can't do it, huh? No. I I I like uh, it's not that I like bowling. I love when the kids, you know, I'm looking forward to bringing the grandkids. Because my kids, my kids used to love bowling. It wasn't the league or anything like that, but just going out. And you know, the thing is, it's a, you're a hardwood floor guy, so you, you know when you go bowling, you know, just like I was saying, I'm looking at the patches in the lane, saying, "Geez, they should have teabagged that thing right mm -hmm. there. That would have blended in a little bit better." I look at this and look at that, and but uh, you when you watch through the kids' eyes, it's 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 a lot of fun. If I had grandkids, I would forbid them from bowling. <laughs> oh. And why is that? I don't know. Have you I ever been candle pin bowling? Been what? Exactly. Candle pin? Candle pin. There's three types of bowling in the United States. Ten pin, of course, is what everybody sees on TV. Okay. Candle pin is... Uh, mostly in New England, just about all in New England. And then they have duck pin. Duck and duck, pin? Duck pin bowling. And that's um, southern New England down through Maryland. That's the three types of bowling in America. Yes, that is three types of bowling in America. And two states side by side or right next to each other have different variations of it. They're the only ones There's some states that have all three. The state of Rhode Island has all three. Duck explain, explain the difference between them all. Okay. So we so we can lose every every listener. <laughs> Candle pin, you get three balls about the size of a softball. Okay. Like, like bocce ball for Italians. It's, it's yes, it's it's okay. uh it's like a bocce ball type of ball. You get three shots to knock down all ten pins, but the pins are. Tall and skinny, like a candle, okay. kind of shape, something like that. All right. Now, duck pin is a little bit bigger ball with no, there's no fingertips or finger holes in it. So it's a little bit bigger ball than the candle pin, but smaller than a 10 pin. And the pins are like a regular 10 pin, but they're small, they're squat, they're short. Yeah, I'll show you. Well, it doesn't do you any good to show me. <laughs> The listeners there. can't see it. That's a duck pin. Can you see that? Yeah, it's like a short and squatty. A short and squatty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you have your regular 16-pound 10-pin, what you see on TV. and So those are the three types of bowling. So I think this is a good day for our listeners. Well, now they know. A, a trivia question. If you ever get hit up with it, you'll now know that there's three types. That's the only yep. time you'll ever use that information. And we sanded every one of them, too. 
really. Hey, I know we get a lot of emails. I know, um, you know, our listeners are just great, but I was really shocked to find out all the listeners that we have from different countries. And I did get an email from one guy's name was Andy Horton from the UK. And he just wanted to write us a note and say, the show was great. Keep it up. And it just blew me away that, that we have people in England listening to us or, you know, different countries. That's pretty cool. I do. You know, just a couple of preachers like you and I, and we're getting, you know, preaching all over the world now. That is pretty cool. To, and if you're actually, if you're listening to this and you are in a, in a, in a country other than America and Canada, because we do get a fair amount of Canadian listeners, um, drop us an email and, and, and let us know. Uh, just for the heck of it. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to see where you're at. And, and uh, uh, we'll give our email addresses. Uh, most importantly, I'm at wayne.highlander at bono.com, <laughs> which is W-A-Y-N-E dot h-i-g-h-l-a-n-d-e-r at bona.com and rob has his email address so anyhow uh, <laughs> rob is rob.johnson at bona.com it's r-o-b dot j-o-h-n-s-o-n at bona.com and yeah we'd appreciate that that'd be kind of cool so yeah so definitely a shout out to andy horton from the uk thanks for listening we appreciate it we really do very cool yeah very much all right rob so thanks for enlightening us on uh on your wood filler uh i'm i'm happy that uh, we got a chance to talk about this a little bit because i like i said i know the guys at product management feel like they uh hit a home run here so glad to see that they did they really did good so this has been another episode of on the floor with wayne and rob please stay tuned for another episode